Ruth, and welcome back to the podcast, Ruth's Truths. I'm really, really excited for you to listen to this episode, but I have to remind you, everything that I'm saying in this episode is based on my experiences, my thoughts, or opinions, and at the center of all of that is just my truths. Whether or not you can agree or relate to it, I hope you simply just enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. Before I jump into this episode, I wanted to let you know that this is going to be split into two parts. The first part is just going to be a very open discussion about my experience, as well as some of my thoughts about beauty and some constructive things, um, shallow versus deeper meanings of beauty. But then the second episode is going to be purely just on the the positives of beauty and what I find to be very valuable about beauty as well as some responses from other people as to what they deem as beautiful and their definitions of beauty. So that'll be coming out on Friday. I'm really excited about this episode in particular because I feel like of all of the podcast episodes that I've done before, they're very unique to my experience and maybe some other people's experiences, but like a select group of other people. And I'm really excited to share my thoughts about beauty standards, beauty, eating disorders, because I feel like this is very relatable to a lot of people. And before I can dive into the relatability, I really wanted to talk about my experience and how it kind of shaped the way that I viewed beauty and a lot of what beauty just wasn't to me and what a lot of people were telling me beauty was. So, growing up as a young girl with very kinky, coily, forcey hair and very dark skin, my hair was constantly being manipulated and changed for the sake of it looking beautiful. That just was the standard in Rwanda. You either had fully natural hair and a lot of, I feel like a lot of natural hair was really short, or you had straightened hair and it was just regular for it to be relaxed. So when I was getting my hair straightened and I was getting it prepped, I was told, beauty is pain, beauty is pain, as I was getting my hair combed out, blow dried, and straightened by women who were trying to get me through a painful experience, but a seemingly worthwhile experience. The experience of changing the natural free state of my hair to an unnatural, put-together state. For years, I was convinced that if I didn't go through some sort of long, painful act, that my beauty wasn't going to be at its peak. There was always something that you could do to be more beautiful. There was always some new thing that could make you more beautiful than you were the day before. And this was like when I was very young. It wasn't just my hair that I thought that I had to change throughout my childhood. It was my body, my skin color, my eating habits, the way that I talked about myself. All things that at one point I had brainwashed myself into thinking that I shouldn't be happy until they were nearly perfect. By the time I was in eighth grade, I had developed very unhealthy eating habits and I found myself being bulimic. Once it started, it didn't really stop for months. 
outside of my family, nobody knew what I was going through. And even in my family, not a lot of people knew. I don't think anyone besides my mom and probably my dad knew. I don't even, I, I don't know if a lot of people know because I just, I didn't want to talk about it. All until last summer, when one of my friends was telling me about her own struggles with body image and dealing with the need of wanting to control her weight, I had never told anyone before and it was so scary, but it was so liberating to finally get that off my chest. It's so important to talk about the way we view ourselves and to be critical of the criticism we give our bodies every single day. Our bodies are the one thing that is guaranteed for the rest of our lives. The human body is amazing and deserves to be talked about and treated as such. No matter who you are and no matter how your body functions, it is here to see you thrive and deserves to be treated with delicacy and never chosen abuse. I wish when I was younger, someone explained to me the difference between beauty is pain versus beauty can be painful, but it doesn't have to be in order for you to be beautiful. The saying beauty is pain, in my case and understanding, um, originated from the 1997 version of Cinderella <laughs> starring Brandy, and it's what the evil stepmom said to the two sisters to stuck, suck in their stomachs so they could fit in a corset before going to the ball. It's a joke, and it's supposed to be lighthearted, but honestly, there's a lot of painful instances I can remember trying to achieve beauty that truly made me feel like beauty was pain, and beauty was always going to be a little bit painful in order for you to achieve beauty. And like I said, this scene was a joke, but I think people truly do believe that beauty is pain, and beauty is painful and people go to painful measures trying to achieve a flat stomach or the appearance of no fat in your body or the appearance of distributed fat like talking about a liposuction or gosh what is that other what is that other cosmetic surgery a liposuction a i don't even know like a fat transfer <laughs> or people just go through go to painful measures for the illusion of not having regular flaws that are 100% normal and 100% natural. In this episode, I want to be as open and as honest as possible, not only the way that I view beauty, but the very long journey it took me coming to terms with how I define beauty and what I believe beauty is and is not. I'm not an expert on the psychology of beauty, and the opinions that I have right now may not be the ones you agree with or even like, but I hope you see yourself in a little bit of some of these, in some of these things that I have to say, in some of my truths. <laughs> when I talk about not feeling beautiful or people who have made me feel less beautiful than I, how I know I am, trust me, I'm not trying to make myself out to be the victim and I hope, and I, I hope you don't like reach out to me simply because I said all of these things. Like, it'd be nice to be like hyped up and beautiful, but it's also like not the goal of this. I just want to tell people exactly how I'm feeling. I'm not fishing for people to tell me their view of how they think of me. I recognize that I have complete control of how you view me and my words, and I will let you know some pretty ugly things that I've said and some pretty horrible, horrible thoughts that I've thought. But that's not how I think today and all the things that I went through kind of shaped why I am the way that I am today. 
So when it comes to beauty, I kind of want to split this into a few school of thoughts. A few schools of thought. A few schools of thought. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, Broken. <laughs> so, beauty on the shallow level, beauty on the deeper level, what I've collected, what others have to say about beauty, and what I've taken away from my eating disorder related to how I view beauty now, and then just everything in between. I really want to preface this with, I'm talking a lot about like the colorism and I guess racism that I've experienced and how that shaped how I grew into a lot of self-hatred. I know not everyone deals with that, but before I get to relatable and talk to everyone about how I view beauty, there are moments specific to my experience, but after that, I think people are going to feel and relate to what I have to say related to beauty type things. When I was younger, I really did struggle to accept myself. On top of being adopted, being a dark-skinned girl in a lot of places is not deemed as very desirable. But I have the most amazing family and the most amazing parents. My family always let me know how beautiful I was. My dad, every single day when I was younger, would tell me, did I tell you that you're beautiful today? And I really appreciate that. There were constantly oh, so many people who let me know that they thought that I was beautiful. And I feel like it's important for me to share that because I know a lot of people don't get to have that privilege. I know a lot of my friends grew up in very emotionally abusive places where their parents were very critical of them, and then that then translated to them having very critical, very negative views of what they think the beauty is now, and how they have to unlearn that. So I never want to leave out how loved I was and how everyone affirmed me over the years because I was very aware of how other people viewed me, and I was very grateful to have very affirmative, supportive people in my corner who wanted to see me do well. The very first time somebody had ever commented and negatively impacted the way that I viewed myself was when I was a little kindergartner in little Edmond, Oklahoma, which there is no diversity in. <laughs> um, I feel like it's very important to mention because I feel like when you come from a diverse place, you are accustomed to and very used to seeing a lot of people that are different than you was beautiful because it's what you're used to. But in Edmond, Oklahoma, I was like one of the only black girls. I was the only black girl in the class. Who am I kidding? One of the only black girls. I was that, I was that girl <laughs> in that class. And I remember one day I was asking some of my little kindergartner friends at recess if they wanted to play. And like I had been playing with one of my friends who I'd known. And one of her friends come up, comes up to me and she's like, she can't play with us because she's black. Immediately when I was young, you know, you don't really know how to process those things normally. I immediately thought it was my fault. I immediately thought, oh my goodness, I've done this horrible thing of having black skin. So it's so messed up, but that just immediately became a really big insecurity of mine. And I don't bring that up for like sympathy or anything to like let you know. Um, oh no, there are kindergartners who are racist. There are kindergartners who are racist who probably learned from their parents. But 
the first time anyone had ever shown uninterest in me being their friend was because of my skin color. So that really shaped the way that I viewed my skin. From Oklahoma, if you listen to my previous podcasts, you know that I lived in Rwanda. And although there's no racism, (sighs) can I say that? Is there no racism anymore? There is... I haven't experienced racism in Rwanda. I experienced very prevalent colorism. If you're a dark-skinned female, um, I'm guessing if you're a dark-skinned male, but I don't really know. I feel like males kind of get away with this. But if you're a dark-skinned female, I feel like you have a few stories of hearing about how dark-skinned women aren't as good as light-skinned women. It's just not desirable. Light-skinned women, there are just so many more advantages to being light-skinned. There are fireworks, and it's the seventh. Hello? Okay, everywhere you go in the world, it's pretty much known that if you have fair skin, you're more likely to be treated a little bit better. I'm not saying that your experience is going to be one of an amazing experience. I'm not saying just because you are you have fair skin and if you're white that your experience wherever you're gonna go is gonna be blissful and you're gonna have no problem. But I'm saying my dark skin contributed to a lot of people telling me that I was deemed as much less and the only reason that I had a lot of those insecurities growing up was just based off my skin tone. Anyways, it's hard to feel beautiful when you're at school and in public areas because people will just openly make comments about how ugly dark skin is and it's just kind of accepted because of the country that you're in. It was really hard for me to tell my mom and my dad and feel good about letting them know because they couldn't relate to me. How do you tell people who have probably never felt ugly simply based off their skin tone or I guess in my specific case, based off the darkness of their skin tone. Because in where I grew up, them being white, they're admired, but you're more disrespected. It's really difficult to navigate and it took a long time for me to navigate it. I still don't know exactly what to say about it. I think colorism is is such a crazy complex idea because in countries where it's most prevalent, they were colonized by white Europeans telling dark-skinned people or I guess just black people. Well, I can say dark-skinned people because I feel like in a lot of Asian Asian countries, it is known that if you have darker skin, you're viewed as inferior. It's crazy to me that people let other people know that their dark skin was inferior. People just believed it and completely ran with it. It's funny to me because like... How is it that there are people that still believe that they're not as desirable, that they're inferior based off the complex of their skin, when fair people can't even withstand the sun without consequences, but black people and just darker people are fine? If you're a dark-skinned person who's been told they're inferior or you're ugly because you're dark, sis, Look up the genetic benefits of having more melanin and then come talk to me. It's ridiculous. Somebody who literally can't withstand the sun is telling me I'm inferior? Think again. (laughs) Um, But anyways, I'm getting off track. (laughs) So, as a dark-skinned woman, there have been so many instances where I was told that like darker skin just wasn't cute. Um, In America, I was told 
that a boy just wouldn't like me back because that boy didn't doesn't like black girls. That's such a common saying, and it it kind of blows my mind how how casual people say that. Oh, you like blah blah. Let's say Chase. You like Chase? Well, Chase probably won't like you because he doesn't like black girls. What? <laughs> First of all, there's such a variety in black skin. I am not the same as Zendaya. Zendaya is not the same as Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell is not the same as Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks is not the same as Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o is not the same as me. There's so there's such variety. So when people say like, yeah, I don't like blah 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 people group, is it racist? Um, I used to say no because like people are people would just say like it's a preference. It's a preference. Mm, but when you are denying people simply based off the color of their skin, if you say, "Yeah, I don't like black girls," it's because you are denying somebody based off the color of their skin or something. I don't know because I know people that have said that have who have true intentions and are just ignorant. I'm getting off track again. Anyways, um, if you don't believe me, if you don't like know about colorism, which I didn't think that people didn't, but I'm like coming to terms with like people don't know that that's an actual debate, the dark skin versus light light skin debate. There's so many articles and YouTube videos and resources talking about colorism. Please. Like look into that if you don't believe it. It's not really. It's not me just pulling something out of my butt. <laughs> um, the amount of comments that were made to me about not being pretty, based off an unchangeable feature that I had when I was in middle school, it drove me to need to take control of everything that was being thrown at me. Yes, I had lovely parents that loved me and thought of me as beautiful regardless, but. kind of an immediate cut i'm really sorry about that but let me continue on what i was saying i had lovely parents that loved me regardless but it didn't it didn't sit well with me knowing that universally black people and people with dark complexions are viewed as less so i focused on i focused on what i could fix versus what i couldn't i started calorie counting exercising excessively and even when i wasn't exercising excessively that's what made my focus on food more because I remember being in Chicago and being in an apartment and not having like places to exercise and being like well I can't really control what I'm doing in order to keep my body sm I was about to say small and thin smin I couldn't keep my body thin by exercising because I'm in this little apartment and I'm not really doing that many activities so when I did eat after like starving myself I would binge eat only to throw it up because I couldn't work it I couldn't really work it off or anything. <sighs> like I mentioned before, I moved around a lot, so I was constantly trying to have trying to get other people to like me. I thought that people weren't I thought that if people were going to like me for my skin and what I can't control, that I could finally just control the weight that I am. If people universally didn't like dark skin and coarse hair, I would do anything in my power to be as likable as who I uh, as likable as I could be with whoever I was. I was already thin, but I wanted to be like model thin. I wanted to be stick thin. I wanted to be 
like the people that I saw on TV. <sighs> Growing up, black representation, I feel like I grew up in an era where black representation was like starting to happen in the mainstream. Like there were, there were some good examples for me to follow, but the examples that were there for me were kind of like mixed black kids and that's who they were passing off as black or like black people who were the exception black people with very light eyes like naomi campbell or tyra banks whatever and i didn't see like regular black people with my specific body body type when i did see dark-skinned black role models i saw very skinny models who were like always the tokens of their beauty industry and they almost all had straight hair so I committed to being just that I straightened my hair until I was like 13 or 14 and I even thought about being a model because <laughs> I mean I was being told that I was beautiful but I wanted to upkeep what would make me beautiful or what universally was known to be beautiful I didn't have any like modeling skills or anything. I just remember thinking back to myself, like if I could just be a model, then maybe nobody would call me ugly because I'll be immune because I'm a model. And because everyone knows that models are beautiful. There was no like realism to my thought of being a model. I just wanted to be a model because I wanted to finally be accepted and finally to be like known as beautiful. I don't even know how I found out about bulimia or the idea of throwing up to keep you thin but it did find its way into my life and i know i was really small and i gave a speech on this a couple months ago and it was really hard for me to tell people about this because i'm a very small girl i'm very short i have a naturally cur thin but somewhat curvy build either way i didn't i i don't have a bunch of weight to lose so whenever i was telling people about the fact that i had an eating disorder it made me feel really bad because i already am a naturally thin person and eating disorders don't discriminate but it just is really kind of uncomfortable telling a bunch of people that you didn't have any weight issues that you just took your weight for granted and you just abused it just because you could. Another thing I think I thought when I was younger that a lot of people I think still think is that calorie restriction and starving yourself, that they actually work to keep you thin forever. And they definitely don't. It absolutely does not keep you thin. And it's such a horrible, horrible thing to put yourself through. At one point I was throwing up and I noticed that I was throwing up blood and I read somewhere that if you throw up with no food in your stomach, that acid can stay in your mouth and begin to rot your teeth. Don't throw up, please. I'm so, it makes me so sad that I put myself through this and I put my body through this after all I was trying to do to keep me healthy. There is no benefit in abusing your body like that. I recognized that I was really thin and for a while there, I just didn't really care because for a while there, I thought I'd rather be really thin and look really good for a dark skinned girl and be a model, be like all these other very beautiful dark skinned girls than to be like chubby and ugly. I, I 
I would have done anything to keep the weight off me and it's so it's so sad because I was maybe I was like 12 to 14 thinking these things the fat phobia that runs through America is so deep I truly do recognize that there's a difference between fat phobia and people just being concerned for your health but oh my gosh we are so brainwashed into thinking that having fat or like being undesirable or being different is one of the biggest problems in the world if you're a girl or maybe even a guy, I don't know. Um, but it's not. It took me a long time to overcome that. But really, but really looking towards what I believed really helped. My body's fine the way it is. And what I was doing was starving myself and abusing my body for other people's consumption. Looking towards what I believe, I didn't follow that for months upon months upon months. I believe that God may be the exact way that I'm supposed to be, and there's nothing wrong with having some extra fat and not being stick thin. I'm a Ugandan woman. It is natural for me to have extra curves, and it should be celebrated, not prevented. I'm not for anyone to be. I'm not for the consumption of others. Somebody remind me of who said that sometime. Anything you're given that is healthy should be celebrated. I shifted from being really concerned with how other people viewed me and how I could be more likable based on body standards that I didn't even, you know, want to be true. I never hated my skin. I hated that other people around me let me know that I was ugly and then me believing that I should change for other people who thought that I was ugly. So I let it control my actions. No one told me I would look better with an eating disorder or if I starved myself, but I took a note as to what it is the media said and like the subtle hints that are dropped everywhere. The subtle hints that are dropped everywhere and how media really does reward skinny people for just being skinny and being attractive. Which is so sad because a lot of people are just naturally skinny and a lot of people don't- Oh, this is gonna sound weird, but a lot of people don't work for what they have, but I feel like a lot of magazines and a lot of articles and a lot of things show us that it is something to be worked towards and there's so much reward for it. I watched what was said on the internet, on TV, and in articles about what you should do to prepare your summer body. I took note of who the love interests were in movies, they're always thin. I saw recommended workouts of what it took to achieve a thigh gap which is the era that I grew up in when thigh gaps were popular. I looked up to people who looked like me, but didn't have realistic standards of what it meant to be them, or like who didn't have my body type. I followed influencers who seemed to always move to LA and always get cosmetic surgery, and then always claimed they were doing it for themselves, and then who turned around and sold flat tummy tea whilst already being skinny themselves and probably never really drank it themselves. I took inspiration from Kate Holmes who said, nothing tastes better than skinny feels. And I fully believe that. I made it my model every single time that I ate something that may have been unhealthy for me. I was so young and making all these observations eventually had very negative effects on me. It's so sad to think that I was a middle schooler going through all these things thinking that if I was just thin, this would all be worth it. 
Now, I eat when I'm hungry, I eat at appropriate times, and even when I forget to eat, even when I have like bad eating habits, it's not intentional and it's not for something that's unhealthy. There's no shame attached to eating now as there was when I was younger. It's so sad because I'm trying to service my body, which is the one thing in my life that's guaranteed because my body's constantly serving me and keeping me alive. I truly prioritize health over vanity and that's my motivation. I also watch who I follow and I follow people very, very intentionally. I love Jamila Jamil and anyone willing to speak up against how unhealthy it is to constantly be thinking about weight and the dangers of what influencers and celebrities are trying to sell to us. I'm happy that I learned from my horrible actions at a young age, but I'm also happy about what I know now going forward. I think it's really, I think it's really sad that I learned the things that I learned when I was younger about about how you should look or how you should feed yourself or, or that being skinny felt better than anything tasted. That's so sad. It's so sad when an adult said that. But I'm, I guess I am happy that I learned it when I was young because now when, as an adult, I'm gonna try my hardest to not go back to that mindset. I'm so happy that even though I am young, that I'll never go back to that place. What comes with the idea of beauty is a lot of shallow on the surface level components. A lot of the shallow components are who we deem is attractive, who's not attractive, the idea of anti-aging, ugh, anti-aging, that's crazy. What pretty privilege is, and if it's real, is, do you think it's real? I'll tell you if, it, if I think it's weird, real. I think it's weird, <laughs> but is it a real thing that it honestly affects people? And then on the deeper end, I want to discuss what a bunch of people have sent me as their definition of what's beautiful to them. I think it's really interesting the amount that beauty is talked about. I think that the time that we live in, it's constantly being thrown at us, what people think is beautiful to them, in the way that they post, in the way that they talk about other people, in their actions. There's a lot with what comes with being beautiful or how you see beauty. So, I was watching a video on YouTube, the infographics has a YouTube channel, and I found it really, really interesting because one of their videos is on average people versus beautiful people. So beautiful on the shallow end is beautiful, in my opinion, on the shallow end of beauty is what they said in the video. They said, beauty is an indication of health, fitness, and fertility. We are naturally attracted to the type of people who we consider to be a good potential mate. Like mindset is what I feel like a lot of people like genuinely think. Like I think, I know that beauty is different than attraction, but when I ask people what they think is beautiful, I think a lot of people say like things that they're just attracted to versus things that um, one of my friends like strictly thinks that beauty is in like facial symmetry. And if you don't like enhance yourself, then you're just beautiful, like completely raw and stripped of everything. Which is really interesting. I don't agree with it, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> what they said in the video is that the universal bias is the ideal of beauty is having facial symmetry slash, you know, balanced features, a straight nose, balanced jawline, a high forehead. And that's apparently the heavy indicators that someone has had 
and normal disease-free childhood and will make somebody an ideal life partner. So crazy, but so interesting. A lot of my, not a lot of my, two of my friends think that I just like ugly people because whenever I see somebody or whenever somebody has an opinion about somebody else and they're like, you think they're, you think they're attractive? I will always advocate for somebody and try to see the beauty in them just because I'm a good person. Not only I'm a good person, but I think it takes a lot for me to see somebody and just say like, oh, they're ugly, oh, they're unattractive. Because there's so many things that go into somebody and for them to be excused just based on the way that they look makes me really sad. Um, I could never be a shallow person. I guess maybe when I was younger I was, but I just think that there's so much more to a person than their physical appearance and if you are going to judge somebody based off their physical appearance you can't just you can't take what you see and then define a person that way and that's it that makes me so sad we've all seen what people will do in order to achieve feeling beautiful which is like crazy i feel pretty inspired by a bunch of people to do this episode but one of them is sydney black sydney is a I guess influencer or beauty guru but not really she's just much deeper than that and she does a lot of commentary which on things i really really appreciate one thing about sydney that's really really unique is that she has dark skin she's a dark skinned black girl but she has naturally blue eyes a lot of people on her channel have asked about her have asked about her blue eyes and she has so many videos surrounding the topic but despite being physically very beautiful without without the blue eyes and like just from her soul just really beautiful energy that i really like i was looking at her channel about a month ago and she had posted a video and it was titled i ruined my my face slash pretty privilege and i found that to be really interesting because as a woman with dark skin and a very unique feature it made me like really question like how the heck could this woman ever feel unattractive like unattractive enough to ruin her face so i watched her video and the video turned out to be really interesting she said okay also count how many times how many times i say interesting what's, what's up, up with, with that? that i need to cut it out she basically said the environment that she was in los angeles very typical just kind of made her want to level up and try non-invasive cosmetic surgery and blah 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 watch her video it's amazing her name's sydney black and she goes on to share some of her thoughts on the idea of pretty privilege which honestly i didn't think i was going to find interesting because even just hearing the words pretty privilege sounds like one of those things that's <laughs> just kind of like made up and people just talk about unnecessarily but it kind of changed my mind and I was just a little bit mind blown by it. Sydney is somebody who studied psychology in college and she did, a, she did a study on how people treat you better when you're prettier. Associate being beautiful with being right or sometimes just being better, which is really cool. She says, which I found really great, you assume the best out of people you visually think are beautiful. And that's completely true in my opinion. And it's not even in my opinion, this was like a study. This was a legitimate study. Think about all the people who have grown to fame on like TikTok or even an Instagram influencer who don't really have much to offer outside their ability to sell based off how captivating they make their life look. I feel like there's a lot of people that we 
all know that have been able to do a lot of things just based off the way that they look and whether or not you like agree with that it's just it was studied <laughs> but like i was saying i think we've all seen people do a lot of things to achieve feeling more beautiful or people who believe in pretty privilege and would like to be in that category because I, I don't know how to feel 100% about pretty privilege or even that like I don't think that I would use that as like a real term in real life but for the sake of discussion it is a privilege to be born pretty isn't it it's cool to have people refer to you as like above average I'm not saying this because I feel any of this but like I said we all know somebody or we all know people tiktokers <laughs> who have a career based off their looks and don't really have much skill outside of that and have had the privilege of getting to live off of that well, one person that sydney brought up that is an example of pretty privilege is ted bundy okay let me see let me... did you know that oh, i wish i lived through the ted bundy trial no i don't what am i saying I think that the Ted Bundy trials were very, very interesting. I wouldn't want to live through them, but I just think it's such an interesting case um, because people were more, more willing to believe that Ted Bundy hadn't done these things because he was a traditionally handsome man for the time. For the time being, there were people who were in support of Ted Bundy just because he was attractive. That's crazy to me. To imagine that you could kill multiple women and to have that be on TV and people in your corner simply because you look a certain way, it's really not that shocking, but I just find it so, so weird that people would actively be in support of you just because of the way you look. Very, very much a privilege to be born looking like Ted Bundy and for people to hear about your case and to be in support of you just because you are an attractive man. There were 1.8 million cosmetic surgical procedures performed. The top three were breast augmentation, liposuction, and nose reshaping, which is really crazy. I don't think that many of those have many, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Medical benefit. I really feel like a lot of them were just done for vanity. I feel like a lot of people recognize the idea of pretty privilege or that if you are more beautiful in some way that that reaps more benefits and i know i know some people do go into cosmetic surgery just doing something for them and not for the consumption of other people i would say i overall don't have a problem with plastic surgery cosmetic surgery non-invasive surgery i have a problem with people who commit to cosmetic surgery and then it kind of shapes the beauty standards that we now have if that makes sense when i was younger i just wanted to be stick thin i just wanted to look like the models the dark skin models because i thought that people were going to view me as beautiful and now i feel like it's more beautiful to be curvaceous i really wish it was beautiful to be curvaceous <laughs> when I was younger and man beauty is forever changing I remember in no I remember I feel like a lot of people a lot of us know that in the 1600s 
it was a sign of beauty for you to be a little bit like bigger because if you were bigger it was a sign that you were eating well and you like had wealth because you could eat you could afford to eat all of these great things and you had food so i define beauty i define beauty for myself because beauty is forever changing the idea the standard of beauty is never ending oh my goodness i kind of took a note of that when when i was nearing the end of my unhealthy habits of how i viewed beauty and i'm really happy because if you follow beauty standards and what is said today about beauty standards an uphill battle you're never gonna win Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. I really, really hope that you took away at least one thing of value and you let me know exactly what that is. If you want, you can email me at ruthstruthspodcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram at maryruthj. And if you want, you can help support this podcast and all of the creative energy and all of the time I put into it. But if you do, the link is in the podcast description and I'll see you in the next episode.